Support for Noble and Roosh is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for Noble & Roosh listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code GNR at manscaped.com. That's GNR at manscaped.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball Is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball Is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Willigan, the Master Don, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, then it's no secret that I'm a lifelong Houston Rockets fan. So today, I'm actually really excited. Uh, because we're lucky enough to be joined by the Rockets' very own Armani Brooks. Armani, thanks for coming, man. How you living? How you doing? I'm doing good, my man. I appreciate y'all for having on me here, having me on here. Yeah, likewise. First uh, rookie from this class, so we're pumped. You're you're our guy from now on. You're locked. You're locked in, and your <laughs> your career is only going to take off from here, as does most guys that come on the Ball is Life show. It's just the way it's going. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, hopefully y'all can bring some good luck on me. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So speaking of, man, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to start off talking about your journey mm-hmm. um, to the NBA because, um, you know, you left Houston, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the University of Houston after mm-hmm. your junior year. Correct me if yep. I'm wrong on that. Mm-hmm. You enter the draft. You go undrafted. Um, you get into the G League and then you start balling out a little bit and then COVID hits, right? Man. And then Man, after COVID, COVID, yeah. So after COVID, if I'm not mistaken, again you go up to Canada. You're about to go up to Canada, and then obviously COVID hits, and so you have mm-hmm. to sit out. Mm-hmm. And then the G League comes back, and the Vipers take you, mm-hmm. and then you get your shot, and you you prove yourself. Um, you and Kevin Porter Jr. were balling out for the Vipers in the G League. Had yourselves a run. And then you get called up to the Rockets and now the rest is history. So like, can mm-hmm. you walk us through that, all the mental gymnastics and, and kind of everything that, that was going through your mind on that journey? Yeah, you know, when, um, when I first left Houston, I, really just, I was really just taking a chance on myself. 
Um, I was like, man, like, I feel like this is a, I had a really good year. I didn't want to risk coming back, you know, um, you know, having some kind of setback, you know, God willing, nothing like that ever happened. But that was my mindset at that moment. And um, I was like, I'm gonna just take a chance. I was getting really good feedback from NBA teams. Um, you know, I think I had 17 NBA workouts. So like I was, I almost worked out for more than half the league. So, um, and my agent was just saying like, this is really good. Like, I think you can get drafted. So I'm like, I'm gonna go, let's get it. Took the chance, obviously didn't get drafted, which is heartbreaking. Cause you know, as a, you know, growing up as a kid, you want to hear your name get called on draft night. Let me, let me pause um, you right there. You don't get drafted. What's your immediate thought? Like draft night happens. Armani Brooks name doesn't get called mm-hmm. going through your head. Honestly, I was, I was like, I should have went back to school. Um, that was the first thing I thought like, I should have just went back for my senior year. So doubt and, and um, regret at that. Yeah, time. basically. Yeah. Doubt, regret. And, um, just really upset. Cause I thought I had a legitimate chance, you know, just the feedback I was getting from what my agent was saying. So I was really genuinely upset about that. And I was pretty down for a couple of days. And, um, but once I figured it out, I was like, man, I got, I just gotta, I just gotta get it out this way. I was like, I gotta do it regardless. I can't just quit. So, um, play summer league with Washington. Didn't really play that well. Just a lot of learning. And it's a big, it's a big jump. And summer league is a hard, I feel like it's a hard place for a rookie to really succeed. And, um, you know, so it's just, you don't have that much time to adjust. I feel like, so like, you know, you go to, you go to the team, you have a training camp for like a week, maybe. So like, but it's, it's like 20 players at the training camp. So it's so much learning going on and so much adapting. And it's just a lot to learn the entire NBA system in a week when you, you literally out there fighting for a contract and, you know, so it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot of pressure too. So, um, you know, played through summer league. And then I signed an exhibit 10 with the Hawks, go to training camp with them. It went, you know, I, I started playing decent at training camp. Once I started getting familiar with the, um, you know, the players and the scene, the schemes and the system and the, you know, just the NBA game and getting familiar with everything. Um, so they waved me. I go to the G league team, struggled a little bit. Couldn't really find consistent minutes early in the year, but you know, two ways to get called up and people get signed. So minutes came later in the season and um i started playing well you know i was just getting adjusted getting comfortable and then i was playing really well and me and my agent were thinking that i was a 10-day candidate that year and then covid hits after one of our games in toronto <laughs> so um covid hit at first when we first found out about covid we was kind of like eh, covid like they're making a big deal out of nothing and yep. then the whole country the whole country shut down <clears throat> so um yeah as I soon as we go bear put his hands all over that microphone. I feel like the whole, the whole world changed. <laughs> it changed literally overnight. It felt like it happened overnight. They canceled our season. So we went back to Atlanta. We were just kind of stuck there for like four days, you know, while the G league decided what they were going to do. And, um, eventually we just all went home. Um, and then we were in quarantine for however long, you know, there was no basketball being played, no gyms open. Yeah. Nothing. It was just nothing. Like the world was at a standstill. It felt like, and, um, so that was a really big, that was probably the worst. This past year was probably the hardest year I've ever had, like in terms of trying to stay prepared. Cause there, like, there was so much unknowing going on. For sure. Like you didn't know when the season was going to come back around. You didn't know when basketball was going to be played. Like it was just a lot. So I was literally just working out every day from like, I'll say like June until the, G League bubble started. I was literally working out every day, just 
in like a private was, high school gym or what, what are we talking? What were yeah, you? just my uh, my trainer that I have in Austin right now with me. He has yeah. like a, a gym in South Austin. So I was just working out down there every day, you know, lifting weights and just working on my game and um, just waiting to get that call or getting an update or just something so that, you know, just have some positive energy and get some motivation to do it. And um, it was really hard. I took time in between because I was like, I felt like I was losing my mind because it was just like, I'm working out for no reason. Like, what am I working out for right now? Yeah. Like, and especially for you who was in limbo, didn't know what was next for yourself. I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. harder in that situation when you were ideally hoping to be on a professional team and locked into a contract. I mean, that was mm-hmm. why you left college and what, what the dream was. But um, how long did you go before you started back up in the G League? Um, I think it was probably about, I said like seven months. Holy shit. That's, so that's probably I the longest break of basketball in your life. I bet ever. That was the longest ever. I went without playing an organized game and it was so, Oh my God, it was bad. Like I just mentally, it was more mentally than physically. You were just like, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why am I doing this? But, um, it obviously, you know, it, it had a reason behind it. So the G league bubble starts up. Um, I go to the Vipers in the first round. And that was and, um, easy. Like, for sure locked in there. That was easy to get picked up by them, right? Yeah. I, once um, we found out they were having like a draft and Atlanta's team actually opted out. So I would have been an exhibit 10 with Atlanta again, but they opted out of the bubble. So that's how I got into the draft pool. You mean, you mean contractually like you, that would have been obligated or you would have chosen to do that? I would have chosen to do that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that I probably would have did that with them if they, but you know, they opted out of the bubble. So I entered into the, the free agency pool, the draft pool. And at first I'm not going to lie. Like the draft pool has some pretty crazy names in it. So right. I was kind of like, I'm like, there's Lance Stevenson in here and like, you know, Alonzo Trier. So I'm sitting there like, bro, I might not even get drafted. Like what's going on. But, um, I guess the team's, I found out eventually like a day before the draft, like they're like, Oh no, teams are really high on you. So like, you're going to get drafted. I was like, okay, cool. So go to the Vipers, go down to the bubble, get familiar with everything. And once games start just in my mind, I'm like, bro, I have to, I have to play my absolute best every game. Like this is a, you know, it's a shortened season. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, I just got to go out there and perform. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to do that. Tell me how long in the bubble did it take you to realize like, this is going to get you to the league? How many, like how many games, how many practices? Like, when'd you know that this was your step to get there? I know it was going to happen quick. Um, probably after the first game, well, wow. I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, first game. So we go out and I think we lost to the nine or five. Like they beat us by like 25 or something. It was bad. But I was like, um, I was like, this is my, like, I have to come out here and perform, like, to get to the NBA. Obviously, you know, the G League isn't, there's nothing wrong with playing in the G League, but that's not my personal end goal. Like, I didn't want to just be in the G League my whole career. And um, so I was like, I have to just find a way to take my game to the next level. And um, I really tried to do that throughout that next stretch of the uh, 14 games throughout the bubble. So, so you're, you're in the G League during the James Harden drama? I... Yes, I believe. Whenever, yes, yes. So did that have any impact? Like, are you sitting there thinking, oh, the Rockets are about to blow this up. This might actually be my chance. Honestly, I wasn't even looking at it like that. Uh-huh. Um, I really wasn't paying that much attention to like, obviously, I'd see what was going on on yeah. Twitter and stuff like that. But in terms of like, maybe they'll give me an opportunity. I'd never even 
Like, I didn't think that, like, James not being there would have any effect on that. I was like, James is one of the best players in the NBA. Like, what is <laughs> what is him not being there have to do with me? <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. So, different question. The Rockets get Kevin Porter Jr., and he gets assigned down to the G League. And once he does, y'all start kind of taking off. Y'all were competing to win the G League, mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. Um, can you describe what that was like playing, playing with him, chemistry, just all that kind of stuff? Yeah, just he's so talented, man. Like, and I think it's just such natural talent that it's like he just attracts so much attention when he's on the floor. And it was even worse in the G League because he can really just like, oh, my God, he was doing whatever he wanted <laughs> all the time. And so, like, I was like, bro, if I could just learn to pick my spots with this dude, let him do all the driving and creating, and I just make shots when he passes me the ball, like, I'm fine. I mean, like, I'm not, if I ever, I, I kind of came to the realization, like, if I'm going to be an NBA player, it's not going to be me, you know, being a Russell Westbrook, you know, going into the lane, dunking on people. Like, that's not what I do. I just got to make shots and, you know, do the other things, you know, play defense, rebound, and, um, you know, make plays here and there when the opportunity presents itself. And I feel like I did that pretty well. So looking back on the time of the G League, how much more, or if at all, you think, did it prepare you for the NBA than like a senior year of college would have, you think? Just the schemes in the NBA are so much different than they are in college in terms of how you play. Because there's not as much just ball movement, I guess you could say. Like there's sure. a, Normally you'll come down, run a single action, and then it just breaks down into a pick and roll at the end of the day. And so just being able to learn how to play off of that is so good because you get the opportunity to really learn an NBA system, NBA schemes on defense, adjusting to the height and athleticism of everybody because everyone's athletic, everyone can score, you know, everyone's just good or they wouldn't be playing. And, um, you know, adjusting to the defensive three seconds is huge because you don't even realize how big of a hurdle it is until you're sitting in the lane. You're like, oh, wow, <laughs> they, get, they just got a technical free throw because I, I didn't get out the lane fast enough. So there's a lot of things, you know, little nuances that you have to get, get ready for to play in the NBA, and the G League is a great preparation for that. That's a rule oh. that needs to be in college ASAP. Yeah. Oh, I agree, 100%. I feel like college, honestly, man, I feel like college basketball is one big three-man weave these days <laughs> like they just they just y'all just keep handing it off on the perimeter delayed handoff whatever boom 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 and yeah. then you know it's just like clogged up yeah like let, let let it spread out i feel like the talent is there to run more pick and roll like mm-hmm. i don't like like i went to texas i went to university of texas yeah and mo bamba like shaka smart was posting mo bamba up and i'm just like why are you not running a pick and roll and throwing it over the top with mo bamba that's all you got to do he's gonna dunk it every time every time i, I don't get it but so, okay, man. So then you get called up to the league. Mm-hmm. You debut against the Clippers. I think you come off the bench like in garbage time or something. You play like two or three minutes. And then you start playing for real. First couple games, you come out and you're, you're on fire. Mm-hmm. And then you go through a stretch. I think it's eight games. I think you started mm-hmm. five of them. Um, and you just kind of go cold. You're shooting, mm-hmm. I think, 27% from three over that stretch. Um, on like seven and a half attempts a game, scoring maybe like six or seven a game. What was going through your mind at that time? Were you thinking, okay, maybe I'm not cut out for this? Or were you thinking, I just got to keep shooting and they're going to keep, eventually they're going to they're gonna fall? Yeah, I think after the Phoenix game, I think I played pretty well that night. And um, I think after that, I just kind of put too much expectation on myself and too much pressure. Like I came out like, okay, I got to do this every single game. Or maybe I won't be here. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was just coming out every game thinking, like, I have to repeat that performance. And um, 
you know, you can't, you can't play like that. Like you can't play with that much pressure on your shoulders. Like thinking that my entire career is on the line every time I shoot a shot. Um, and I like, once I finally got to the stage to where I was like, okay, man, like, like if I miss a shot, I miss, if I make it, I make it like, that's when I started, you know, I started playing freely again and, you know, my confidence got back. Right. And that's when I started playing well again. You know, I think, I think a lot of people over like fans <laughs> overanalyze that kind of stuff. Right. Um, like I, I remember seeing on Twitter, people saying, Oh, you know, maybe Armani Brooks isn't what we thought. Maybe he's not an mm-hmm. NBA player. And I'm just sitting there thinking he can shoot, man. Like the ball is just not going in, but mm-hmm. as soon as the ball goes in, you're going to change your mind. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of when that, when that shot drops. And then obviously you freed up your confidence. You got into mm-hmm. a rhythm, you filling shots and you just took off. Mm-hmm. Right? You ended up shooting, I think 39, 38% for the season on uh, 2021 games. So basically 25% of the season um, average, what 10, 11 points, double digits in your rookie campaign. I believe 11 yes, sir. You know, you know, don't lie. So, um, so, and, and so what does that feel like? Like, do you, is the weight lifted? Is, is, have you answered that question to yourself? Like, obviously you think in the back of your head, you know, you can hoop at that level. Mm-hmm. But now that you can look at the, the stats and say, yeah, like you can't argue with that. Is, is it that kind of feeling? Yeah, it's just like it's fulfilling to know that I've had good performances in the, in the best league in the world. And, um, you know, all the work, like all the work that you put in behind the scenes, you know, all the extra film, all the weights, like it's, it's paying off. And um, it shows when you play well. And obviously, like, you know, you can't play well every single night. Like it, it doesn't happen like that. But I feel like the biggest obstacle is just being able to mentally prepare yourself to be like, Okay, like if I play bad, there's gonna be people talking negative about you on social media. And if you play good, they're gonna talk good about you on social media. So it's like you have to learn how to just not pay attention to any of them. Like sure. whether the good or the bad, you just gotta block it. Like everything is neutral. So like if I would get on Twitter and see people saying, like, you know, Armani Brooks isn't an NBA player, I would just be like, I mute it. I just mute it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna block you. I'm not gonna be petty about it. But like I I I'm gonna mute you because I don't wanna look at it. Even if you were talking good, like I'm not going, I'm gonna mute you too because I don't even want to see anything about me on my feed. Now, if the Rockets why, why, post something, why, why even go through that? You know, why even put those type of thoughts in your head? You know, just got to be numb to it. You really do. Um, yeah. For context, though, I mean, out of the 60 guys that were drafted, I mean, you were number one for undrafted guys, obviously, but um, you had to fall number eight in points per game um, throughout this whole class, but three-point percentage, um, you're even higher, you're right tied for uh, about eight again, eight, nine, uh, but more attempts than some of those guys if you get really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was Steven Silas's role um, when you first came in and your, your growth and what was his expectations for you? How was that relationship kind of manifest? Yeah, you know, our relationship's really grown, you know, throughout those 20 games. At first, I don't, I feel like we didn't really know, like, I didn't really know my expectations. Like, I didn't know what they expected me to do. Obviously, I knew that they had called me up to shoot the ball. So I was like, okay, I know I got to do that. But, um, you know, other than that, like, I didn't know what else they really wanted me to do good. So um, me and him kind of just, he had a talk with me and he told me, like, we just need you to play solid defense. We, like, you know, play, not be a liability in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, make shots when they come and um, just do little things like try to make winning plays, offensive rebound. And um, so I started doing those things or attempting to do those things the best of my ability. And um, 
I think that really showed him that, um, you know, I can come out there and compete and I'm going to give you my all every time I'm on the floor. Fellas, have you ever made an accident or hurt yourself before because you couldn't see what you were doing? Reaching in the backseat for something while you're driving, crawling into the attic without a light, and shaving your balls? What? Who would do such a thing without proper care, guidance, and lighting to perform such a delicate and crucial task? Not me. Thankfully, Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave. That's right, your shower shave clean and easy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GNR. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely these days in this NBA, there's a role. There, there's a lot of money to be made for guys that can shoot and play defense. Mm-hmm. You know, three and D, obviously you've heard the term. Um, do you consider yourself a three and D guy at the NBA level? Do you consider yourself more? Cause like, so we tweeted, I'm sure you saw, you retweeted it. So I know you saw, we, we <laughs> asked for some, for some questions, right. From the listeners. Mm-hmm. And I saw several people compare you to Lou will. And I was like, ah, not at the NBA. I mean, at the NBA level, like Lou will is taking you off the dribble. Lou will is going to try to, make the move and rock you and get you off balance Mm. so he can get to his spot and probably lean into you for the foul. You run around, catch and shoot. You can also get into the lane and you, you hit that floater, but I didn't see like a Lou will type game. Um, Mm. so do you, does that enter your head? Are you trying to like carve a rollout three and D are you trying to be more like, how does that go in your, in your head, that process? Yeah. I see myself as more of a, as a three and D player. Um, I have to, obviously, you know, I got to get better on my defense and that's going to be a big, emphasis for me this summer on ball off ball and a lot of that comes with you know being familiar with the with the players and you know getting stronger so those are all things that i'll really emphasize this summer but um definitely see myself as more of a three and d guy i've never i've never even heard the lou will comparison until i got like i had never heard that before <laughs> so it was it was new to me too i feel i feel like yeah maybe the hair you got like the, the haircut is a little similar you got <laughs> maybe, the little, you got the little like thin goatee, like because I don't body, see it. Body type, but yeah, no, I yeah. don't see it either in your game. Got the long but... arms, but like I just don't see the game like that. Yeah, at the NBA level, at least I don't know. Yeah, Lou Will doesn't run around and catch and shoot. You know, Lou Will wants the ball. Like, give me the rock. Yeah, he 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 yeah he trying to create. Yeah, don't limit yourself to that either, man. You got you got <laughs> loads of potential. I mean, as the consistent minutes grow, I mean, you're gonna find your own and figure out who you really need to be and are in this league for sure. But um, has any of the vets kind of taken you under their wing at all? Or how's the chemistry on this squad? Um, What's it been like playing next to John Wall, Kelly Olenek, guys like that? Yeah, you know, they really helped me adjust quickly. You know, they told me what to expect when I'm going into the game. The biggest, probably the biggest guys that helped me the most are uh, Kelly Olenek. He's a big piece. Uh, John Wall talks to me a lot. DJ Augustine and Avery Bradley were all probably my biggest. Those are probably my top four in terms of, you know, who looked out for me the most and who helped me in situations the most and um, helped me know what to expect when I'm touching, getting into these games. Yeah. Those are the four vets on this team. Um, 
And shout out to Kelly Olenek. That came out of nowhere. Uh, he's playing like, he was playing amazing basketball. Definitely. Know, I don't know how much you pay attention to the noise in the news, but the whole Victor Oladipo stuff, the trade, blah, blah, blah. People were saying, oh, the Rockets ended up with Kelly Olenek. I was one of those guys. I was like, we ended up with, like, that's what we did? The yeah. Whole thing. But shit, Kelly Olenek <laughs> balling, man. 19 and 9, like four assists. Yeah. Crazy efficiency. So really cool to see. Um, what was it like being on a squad that, you know, is almost like a pickup team, man? Like every night I had somebody new, <laughs> injuries, eight men only. Like, what is that like? Because as a fan, seeing the injury report every night, I was just like, how, like, what's going on here? Yeah, it, it's a it's a lot of adjusting because you really don't know who even going to play every night. Like we kind of just walked into the gym, uh, warmed up and then 25 minutes before the game, we like, all right, these are eight guys. And sometimes it would even be like a, a guy who hurt. We just got to suit them up so that we can play so they don't cancel <laughs> the game because you need eight people. And so um, but it it was just a lot of adjusting, a lot of going with the flow. Um, obviously, we were extremely unlucky with the injuries this year and um you know hopefully it won't it won't be like that again so we can get some consistency within the rotations and you know people knowing their role i was gonna i was also gonna ask um so i'm I'm sprinkling in some fan questions some listener questions king act ach king ach i don't know 19 he asks uh what's your favorite spot to shoot from corner wing top of the key my guess is anywhere (laughs) <laughs> that's my guess I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you uh, honestly I don't it really doesn't matter to be honest corner is probably the easiest I would say it's the easiest just because it's the closest one but um, I, it really, I don't know are you I'll sure because I've seen you pull up from super deep and like when you when you're definitely not easier deep, what are you getting at well when you but when you <laughs> look I don't know I'm not an NBA player right I, I just poop at the freaking gym when I try, but that's Roosh's range though. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. I, sh- I shoot, I don't shoot like you, but I shoot pretty good for, you know, being a guy at the gym. But I found like when I let it fly, like when I don't have to measure it, that's when I hit. And, and I usually mm-hmm. scoot back further. So I would imagine for someone like you, when you don't have to measure it, cause when you're closer up, don't you got to measure it? And when you're further back, you can just let it fly. Or am I just wrong? Oh, God. Man, I don't. <laughs> I just see some space. I just shoot the ball, man. Space line gone. <laughs> Let her bug. All right, all right. That's fair. And I love that. I mean, shoot or shoot. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. So uh, going forward here, I mean, where do, you, where do you see yourself next year? I mean, what are some of your goals um, within the league and this team? I mean, what are you going to be working on over the summer? I'm just, I'm really trying to get stronger. That's my biggest emphasis. Like I need to put on some muscle just so I can, you know, deal with the physicality and, um, you know, just the physicality of being posted up by bigger players and getting switched on to, you know, really strong guards and being able to play night in and night out, increasing my durability. Um, my defense for sure. My, you know, working on my techniques, uh, you know, closing out, containing the dribble, um, off ball defense, you know, low man and stuff like that. And, um, and then, obviously, you know, fine-tuning things like my playmaking, trying to become a better playmaker, better ball handler, so that I can, um, you know, if I need to extend in that into my game, I can. Um, it's something that I can do effortlessly. For sure. Have you been with your trainer, like, for a long time now, or is this just a guy you recently met? Yeah, just this is my second year. I've been working out with him since I got out of – since I left college. Okay. Yeah. So, um, obviously, his thing with me is just I'm getting paid to be a shooter. 
So like, obviously making shots is my calling, but you know, we try to really emphasize, you know, we really try to work on um, things that I need to develop. So, you know, back to playmaking and ball handling and finishing in the lane and different things like that. If you had to pick somebody to emulate in terms of your style, also factoring in like your height and your size. So six, mm-hmm. three, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, who would you pick? Just someone I come out on my game after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably Bradley Bill. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah, come exactly. on, come off screens like that. I mean, Houston would be yeah. pretty proud of that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, there's always, no matter the level of Bradley Beal you are and playing like him, I mean, that's going to keep you around forever. Definitely. And just the way that guy moves and just the versatility in his scoring. Mm-hmm. And also, um, forgive me if I, forgive me if something's happened and I, like, have not seen it, but have you had talks with the team, with the Rockets, um, to come back? Like, do you know your outlook or is that still all in the, all in the works? Um. Yeah, I really don't know much on that part yet. Um, I just know they want me working out with them over the summer. Oh, that's um, great. So that, they, so that they can see my development. So um, I'm going to be going back down there, I think, uh, next week to start back working out with them. And um, and I think once we get closer to the free agency period, we'll really know what's going on in terms of, you know, me coming back or stuff like that. Are you talking working out with the team, like just working out with the team, or you mean summer league? Oh, just working out, working out with the team and summer league. I think, um, I mean, they haven't said anything about summer league yet, but I'm sure I'm going to, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. You guys could freaking go out and win summer league, depending on who they bring out there. I mean, that's, yeah, definitely. We could really, we could have a really good summer league team. For sure. I mean, look, the, the team has a lot of good young talent, man. Um, I was actually going to ask, what is it like playing? We, we already talked about Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like playing with KJ Martin and Jay Sean Tate? Man, those both like those are probably my close. Those three are probably who I'm the closest with on the team, just because we all around the same age. But you know, Jay Sean, just him being like the all around player he is, like he's so like he's good at everything. Like he might not be great at one specific thing, but he's good at everything. So you can put him in any position, and he's gonna succeed regardless of what. Like you, if you want to play the point, he can bring it up, set you up in the offense. He can guard the best player on another team. Um, he can make open shots. You know, he's good at finishing in the paint. So he's good at, you know, he's just good at everything. And KJ, he was shooting the ball lights out towards the end of the year. I was like, I don't know what got into you, bro, but you shoot the <laughs> ball crazy. But um, KJ, you know, he just, he wants to be so good. Like his work ethic is ridiculous. And he's just a good dude. Like he has your best interest at heart and he wants the team to win more than anything. You know, playing with those guys is great, you know, night in and night out. And, you know, we're just trying to develop that chemistry and continue to get a feel for each other. So that, um, hopefully we can bring something, you know, make something happen out here. Talking about putting on muscle, man, and getting, getting stronger around the paint and everything. Those are two guys right there that could bully you around a little bit. I mean, just practicing with those guys. I mean, if you can get after those guys and keep up with them and stay strong in front of them for sure. I mean, yeah, who were some of those guys and out, outside of the Rockets that have bullied you around a little bit? I mean, that just—I mean, tough dudes that are like, "Oh shit, I got to toughen up, man. I got to put on some muscle." Man, uh, Drew Holiday was one when he got to drive into the basket and he was shouldering me and stuff. I'm like, "Bro, dang, I need to get in the weight room." <laughs> he was strong. Um, Chris Middleton made me feel kind of little one time. He drove and like shouldered me, and I like almost fell. He's long. Yeah. 
But um, if I can get to the point where I can take a Jayshon Tate shoulder when he drives into the basket, I think I'll. Hell yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I mean, and I was also going to say, you, KJ, and Jayshon are, in my opinion, three great examples of the new regime of the Rockets being able to find like talent under the radar, right? You were undrafted. Uh, they moved up and got KJ with a really late second round pick. Jayshon was undrafted as well, got him from mm-hmm. Australia. So I really like, you know, kind of how they've been developing um, the young talent that they see. And by mm-hmm. the way, my nickname for Jayshon is Drayshon because he reminds me of Draymond, <laughs> Draymond Green. I call him Drayshon. Um, so HTX Drew, shout out to HTX Drew. He asked uh, just to switch from basketball for just a second. He asked, back when you were at U of H, what was your favorite spot to grab food? Ooh. Frenchies, perhaps? I did go to Frenchies a lot. <laughs> I did go to Frenchies yes. a lot. But um, there's a plate, you know, the Breakfast Club. That's probably one of my oh, favorite yeah, baby. in Houston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, shout out Breakfast Club, man. Great food, great people. Just a great, just a great time. Do you so? Do you get the chicken and waffles or the shrimp and grits? I always get the shrimp and grits. Oh, I get. I got. You got to go chicken and waffles. Okay, you okay. got to go yeah, chicken. I'm, and I'm chicken sorry. Waffles. I'm sorry. I'm tripping. It's uh, I think it's catfish. They had the catfish. It's catfish and grits. Yeah, catfish and grits. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Never, yeah, never Zach, had if you ever that. come down, Zach is in Minnesota. Zach, if you ever come down to Houston, I'll take you there. Okay. Got to got to stop by the catfish, but. Never <laughs> eaten one of those things. Caught a few catfish. <laughs> they are ugly as hell. Sort of thing. <laughs> I um, could imagine the thing just staring at you. No, nah, they'd, they'd probably chop that up. I also bit. wanted to ask you, Armani. Um, I don't know if this is on your radar at all, but you, I might be quoting this wrong, but you have the most threes made by anyone in NBA history through their mm-hmm. first twenty games, or it's seventeen. First twenty, seventeen or twenty, something like that. That, I knew, I knew, I knew when it happened through seventeen. I didn't 17. know if it. So it's one of those. It might be yeah. both. I don't know. Either way, it's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna ask, like, either way, you made a record. How does it feel, <laughs> undrafted rookie coming in making history? Like, what does that feel like? Does that register? Do you just kind of move on to the next thing? Like, um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good accomplishment. You know, it's a good start just to know that, you know, that I'm finding at least a little bit of success in the league. And um, but you know, there's things that I want to there's bigger things that I want to accomplish. And, um, you know, but that's a, it's a great, it's a great accomplishment for me to be, you know, coming from not being drafted, you know, to my journey through the G league and stuff like that, to be able to come in and just, you know, set a record that early in my career. It's definitely a great feeling. Couple more and we'll get you out of here. I know you're from Texas, uh, Mm -hmm. but was Houston your team growing up or did you have a team at all? An NBA team? I don't know if I should say this. Do it. Let it out, man. He's gonna say the he's gonna say the Spurs. You can't change no, the roots. No, 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 not no Spurs fan, man. Uh, I grew, I grew up. You hated the Rockets growing up. You did. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. No, I um I grew up a Lakers fan, man. My Ooh. dad was a Lakers fan, so um, you know, just growing up in a household where it was none but Kobe. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I was a huge Lakers fan. So to me, playing on the Lakers floor was just it was such a big thing to me because. Like, it might not have meant a lot to a lot of people, but, like, to me, I was just a Lakers fan since I was little. So, growing up, playing on the Lakers court was, like, a dream come true. Yeah, so, Armani, uh, Kobe I'm, guys uh, as well. in my day job, I, uh, I'm a lawyer, and I live in L.A., and I play in, before COVID, I played in, like, a little a league that lawyers play in, okay? So, just, like, mm-hmm. some little whatever lawyers. You know, <laughs> playing, lawyer league. On, playing 8 p.m. on a Tuesday night trying to get a run in. But they have an all-star game, and 
I was for my team, I was quote the all star. And they, the game, right? The game. I'm five eleven, one eighty, Armani. So take that for what it's worth. Um, the game was at Staples, and so I played a game on on the court at Staples. And I just remember thinking, like, I looked up, and you see all the jerseys, and you see all the, mm-hmm. and I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. So you walk out there, no. you see Co- you see Kobe Banner in the little in the light. You see all the championship banners. And the night we played them, they actually unveiled their championship banner from the bubble. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so like I, I, I sat out there and I watched it. I was like, man, this is kind of, it's a staple center. You know, I was like, you know, not many people get to see a championship banner unveiled. So I thought that was pretty dope. Who's your GOAT? Kobe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's after, yeah. Who's, who's after Kobe? Oh, I'm a LeBron. I'm a LeBron advocate. I'm a fight for LeBron. Fair. He's, he's your, he's your generation. That's for sure. So I, res- yeah. I respect that. Cause I still don't hear a ton of your generation, but the part of it's cause you guys play with them. I mean, play against them. And yeah. Play. So, I mean, you, and you see him, you see him play so much. It's kind of, you see everything he does. Like, I've watched a lot of Jordan highlights and stuff, like all his documentaries, but I feel like just seeing him play in person it doesn't resonate the same. We're, yeah, we're you were both born in LeBron. Eight, right? 1998. Yeah, 98. Yes, sir. Okay. So Jordan was gone, yeah. Damn. No, we're, we're both MJ guys, but um, I've always told Roosh, and I've been saying this for a while now, that if LeBron got his five just by pure longevity and peak longevity, he's going to pass mm-hmm. MJ with his fifth, so... I don't want it yeah. to happen. I don't want him to get five. So um. <laughs> you said two things about that real quick. Number one, the bubble is still the jury's still out on the bubble for me. Oh my god! I'm just saying, man. I want to see how these Dude, playoffs mentally. Go. Come on, that was hard as hell. Men, what, I won't even go into that. But I'm just saying, the jury's still out on the bubble. Um, and second, I personally think if you pick LeBron, like there's no argument for that against that. Yeah. Like LeBron, he's. I mean, he could be. Yeah, he could be the goat too, but like you said, I grew up like as a kid. We, you know, that's what it was for me. Mike, yeah, Bass Jam. So it just is what it is. Um, yeah. Well, shit, Armani. We appreciate your time, Zach. Hey, you I got, I got one last question here. Two last questions, real quick. Uh, give Five me your, last questions, real quick. Give me your NBA. <laughs> give me your NBA Finals here. Who you got in the finals? Mm. And champion. I got. I'm not betting against the Lakers. I got the Lakers coming out the West. Love it. And out the East. I think I think you got to go with the Nets, man. The East is tough. I, it's really I, tough. The East is tough. It's so hard because, like, Philadelphia has Embiid, and he's such a matchup nightmare. Like, and he really can't. Like, I don't – but I, I got to go with the Nets. I just don't think you can stop the Nets. I don't think you can beat the Nets in seven games. So Nets, Nets and seven, you're saying? Yeah, I'm that's, gonna go Nets and seven. That's my exact pick. It's been my pick. <laughs> it's been my pick since day one of the season. So we'll see if it holds. You're but saying Nets it. and seven over the Lakers? You're saying? Yeah. Yeah. As the seven seed, the first seven seed since like 1982. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying Lakers. Uh, yeah, I'm saying Lakers over the Nets. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You just don't bet against LeBron. You just don't. Last question, though, for you, Marnie. We'll get you out of here. What do you like to do outside of hoop? What, what do you like to do for fun? Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Um, I like to play golf. My I'm not guy. that good at it. My I'm guy. not that good at it, but I do like to play golf. It's a, it, it's just a good change of pace from basketball. Can, you know, can you, you break a hundred? No, that's all right. You'll get there. That's it. I'm getting there. I'm gonna yeah. get there though. <laughs> but um, I like to play golf. Um, I play video games. You know, uh, I'm starting to get into fishing a little bit. Just being outdoors probably is the biggest thing. Cause um, you know, get some sunlight. Enjoy this good weather down here in Texas. I don't know what it's like in Minnesota. Oh, summers are beautiful, but winter winter's a little bit of a bitch. Yo, <laughs> let me ask you actually real quick before we get you out of here. It's like the tenth time we've said that. Um, have you seen this Kwame Brown stuff? Oh man. <laughs> what do you Just think hearing his Kwame name makes you laugh. Yeah, no, nah, uh he's been going at people cat. I don't know what I don't know <laughs> what they did to make him that mad, but he pissed off. And he's going crazy at everybody. I, every day I get on Twitter, I'm like, bro, he's going at somebody else. It's hilarious. But um, it's hilarious, man. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys, like, I mean, I don't know him personally, but just from the stories yeah. that I remember I used to hear, he's just one of those guys you don't mess with. And I didn't know he was, like, from the backwoods country like that. So Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't know he was like that either. Yeah, and so that makes him, like, to me, just extra, like, don't mess with yeah. him around. Don't mess with that dude. Don't mess with that dude. Well, well every, every vehicle he's in, he, I mean, it looks like he's in the Serengeti in half of them. <laughs> well, that's why I said that, because Armani was talking about how he, he likes to fish um, and play golf. And, like, you know, it's just, like, some Southern type stuff. And that just reminded me of Kwame. Like, I just feel like he's out, like, on a tractor in the back in the F-150, like, just whipping. He's got to really pull out those boots, you know? Like, so, Anybody um, else, else on the team golf? DJ Augustine played golf a lot. There you go. Um, and a lot of the coaches that I play a lot. Cool, cool. Um, I, ha- I haven't went with any of them yet because I didn't. I, the one trip that we could have went and played golf, I didn't bring my club. But. Yeah, shout out to DJ Augustine, man. Um, I was at Texas at the same time as him. And um, that dude's hair in person is like, it's immaculate. It's crazy. <laughs> I, st- I started a poll. I did a poll on Twitter one time uh, saying, who's got the cleaner edge up, DJ Augustine or Jalen Rose? And. Uh, Jalen Rose talked, they talked about it on ESPN and a lot of people think DJ Augustine, but I, I know it sounds crazy, but like that man's hair is shining. I remember seeing him in the cafe in school and I was just like, what? So, crazy story. When I was actually, I think I was in like maybe fifth grade. DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant were both at UT at the time. Um, I actually got his autograph, him and KD autograph, really long time ago. And I still got the shirt from when he autographed it. And I was like, DJ, bro, you've been in the league too long, bro. Like, are we on the same team now? <laughs> that's a trip. That's crazy. I was like, yeah, because you were in Austin, so, so you probably went to like the camps or something like that, right? Yeah, I yeah. actually saw him at the mall. Though they walked the finish line, and I was like, is that? I was so that's young. My dad was like, I was like, he's like, that's Kevin Durant. I was like, no, it's not. And then he signed. Long story short, they both in the league now. They've been there a long time, man. That's crazy, man. Now you're playing against them and playing with them. So exactly, it's crazy. Well, cool, man, Armani. We won't hold you any longer. We appreciate all the time, man. We wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Um, we'll be watching and keeping tabs on your career and hopefully have you back on the show sometime down the line. Um, if there's anything you want to plug or any last things you want to say, go for it. No, I'm all good, my man. I appreciate you. No, <laughs> no album hey. coming out, no mixtape. Or... <laughs> nah, I ain't in the music like that, man. Oh, good. So last thing, I'm going to get the record. Oh, Zay, how many times? No, no, hey. <laughs> Hey, I found it. It's 17 games. It was the record of threes through 17 games. But just wanted to clear the record and really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, but enjoy the summer and work on that golf game. I want to hear you break 100 by the end of it. 
Yes, sir. I got you. Appreciate you guys. All right. Hey, no Stay doubt. Stay in touch, man. Take care. Subscribe, right, yes, rate, sir. and all that. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah,